Badlands, run into Badlands, explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. the new year we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products for example save 60 percent on our goose down comforters the best comforters ever they go perfectly with our my pillow bed sheets and duvet covers save 25 percent on our brand new kitchen towels they're made with the same technology as our famous my towels our initial quantities are extremely low so get them now before they go our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Knowledge-based Badlands Media. Tonight, I'm sorry to tell you, but... You're dealing with just me. I'm sorry. Yeah, Justin won't be here tonight. He is still feeling under the weather. So he's been posting some updates on his social media accounts. And what was going on is that for a couple of weeks there, he was feeling a little sick. And he didn't know what was going on. So And he wasn't getting better. So he went into the doctor and he, they found uh, an abscess in his body. And they had to drain it and everything. So he's been in the hospital for a little while. Uh, but the good news is he is getting better. He's feeling a lot better. And next week, he should probably be back here on Knowledge Based. And we'll, uh, we'll continue together. But yeah, so prayers for Justin. Glad he's feeling better. But real real big bummer that he's been out for, uh, for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to do my best to hold it together here alone and not, uh, not mess up. Anyway, in tonight's show, we're going to discuss um, DARPA, artificial intelligence, and how the military-industrial complex and the World Economic Forum and all, all those lovely people, they're trying to use artificial intelligence for a variety of reasons, for mass surveillance, for social engineering, and through uh, for mental manipulation via social media as well. So we're going to go through some articles. We'll also reference some old Q drops to get an idea on how DARPA is connected to Twitter, Facebook, Google. Uh, we're going to go back and look at Google's founding and see how the intelligence community is, was actually instrumental in the creation of Google and also some of these other social media accounts. And then we're going to look at a recent, semi-recent, it's a couple of years old, but still very applicable to now, but uh, some recent articles. Now, you guys in the chat, let me know if you can uh, hear the audio and the video all right. So let's go ahead and dive into it, though. I want to first begin with this recent article from Zero Hedge that came out yesterday. This kind of uh, spurred my inspiration into doing this show on AI and the 
propagandizing of AI. Uh, I've been doing some recent research into DARPA as well for a video course that I'm putting together. But let's read through a little bit of this Zero Hedge article, AI and the new kind of propaganda. So let's go through the sections I've highlighted here. It says there's currently massive efforts in the background and below the surface all across playing field towards Im implementing big data and AI technology for not only the purposes of classical, increasingly obsolete propaganda or simple surveillance. No, this time we're exploring entirely novel methods of behavioral modification and narrative control intended to get out ahead of the crystallization of discourses and even the formation of identities and worldviews. They want to control the formation and reproduction of social imaginaries. So the idea is to use massive data collection and AI pattern recognition to preemptively disrupt the form formation of behaviorally significant narratives, discourses, or patterns of information. So they're trying to even get ahead of what they think narratives are going to be coming out via AI pattern recognition and linguistic modeling. Uh, with these tools of early diagnosis of information that potentially could disrupt the power structure and its objectives, it then becomes possible to nip it in the bud incredibly early on, way before such information has even coalesced into something like coherent narratives or meaningful models for explanation or further precarious conclusions. So yeah, they don't want to end up having some narrative circulate around Twitter and the social media sphere by the truthers to start impacting the collective consciousness. They're, they're trying to get out beforehand. They're trying to combat these narratives before they really blow up. And they're trying to use artificial intelligence and all the data collection from uh, you know, big tech social media platforms to do that. This is an excerpt from a uh, 2022 study on the Department of Defense and their use of AI in counterinsurgency, which is essentially what's going on in this information war against we the people. It's a form of um, counterins counterinsurgency and counterintelligence, if you will, by the, uh, by the military industrial complex. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes in another article that we go through. So this excerpt says, during the past two decades, the commitment on the part of the Department of Defense uh, to what Edwards has analyzed as a closed world of containment and military dominance has taken on a new life. The shift during the 1990s from a frame of superpower conflict to the so-called irregular warfare of counterinsurgency and counterterror operations aligned well with the building out of networked infrastructures. Yet, the associated revolution in military affairs has resulted less in the dissolution of the persistent fog of war than in its intensification. Read as a lack of information integration, the intrasigant... <laughs> all these big words. Intrasigant disorders of warfighting underwrite ever-expanding investments in what I will argue is a resilient fantasy of data-driven comprehensive command and control. Building out systems of sensors, signal processing, data storage, and transmission has proven more straightforward than the translation of data into what the military terms is named actionable intelligence. Um, let's continue here. AI, 
scours the massive amounts of data collected in real time from social media and digital communications networks, including everything from cell phone transcripts to instant messaging applications. Why do you think WhatsApp is now owned by Facebook and they allow you to call everyone in the world for free? You've then trained the algorithms to pick out disruptive patterns in the communications that precede the various sorts of developments you want to avoid, such as for some piece of information to go viral, but you would also want to identify potentially robust clusters of information that won't necessarily go viral rapidly, but that have the capacity to generate strong and enduring narrative frameworks that over time could threaten the status quo. This would include such complex phenomena as religious and political reform movements, innovative countercultural approaches, or even artistic endeavors that could impact people's meaning making. You could then pick out key influencers, i.e. nodes or potential nodes in the patterns of communication and the crucial and totally devious addition of uh, two run-of-the-mill approaches like shadow banning or other types of soft censorship that's new to this stage of digital propaganda. And that's the proactive seeding of counter-narratives that could be done at this point. The shadow banning is is awful. It's terrible on all the big tech platforms. I still notice it on Twitter. I still notice it on Twitter a little bit, uh, but it's definitely happening on TikTok. I've been uploading videos to TikTok recently. And, you know, months ago, I was able to crack five, 10,000 views on a video. I could tell when the algorithm would pump my video and then the views would come in. Uh, but over the last probably three to four weeks, I haven't been able to crack 500 views on a video that I uploaded to TikTok. So their algorithm is absolutely tracking what's said in the videos and de-amplifying anything they uh, don't want out there. Then this article talks about Logically AI, Logically.ai, which I have some experience with Logically.ai. They are a uh, fake news NGO, fake news company that has put me in a couple of their hit pieces before. Logically.ai is as spooky as they come with their U.S. headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, next door to the Pentagon and to DARPA. We'll talk about DARPA more through this video. It was allegedly founded at the tender age of 22 by this strangely untraceable ghost with the implausible name of Lyric Jane. Whoever Lyric Jane is, 22-year-old genius must be founding Logically.ai. Logically.ai is also the mainstream media's little sweetheart, being adored by all the usual suspects, The Guardian, Washington Post, BBC, etc. They've all entered in a, into formal partnerships with academic institutions all across the world, or Logically.ai has. Former partners, formal partnerships with academic institutions. Um, so anyhow, what would then be the overall mode of operation? So imagine that you or I express some unit of quote-unquote malinformation in our online interactions. It gets picked up by one of these pattern-recognizing algorithms trained to detect potentially disruptive pieces of information. Let's say that this particular statement, entirely truthful, gets tagged with the moderate risk of supporting a set of conclusions that could have a negative impact on one of the major pharmaceutical brands with close ties to state corporate power structure, like Pfizer, for instance. So you're talking crap about the vaccines and some DMs are on a phone call. 
uh, you're starting to question, uh, question them. The algorithms notice that. And what this ingenious AI propaganda system then does is to automatically cordon off this statement by shadow banning, downranking, and other forms of concealment in the information flows. So say your social media pages start getting downranked or shadow banned. Uh, it also tags us with being a potentially disruptive agent increasing scrutiny of our on and offline activities. Of course, you can also effectively separate disruptive agents from each other by automatically demoting their posts in each other's flows, no matter what the content, and through throwing up all sorts of obstacles for their online interaction. But these are old strategies. Old strategies. So the algorithms in these tech platforms, and they're all connected. They're all connected in some way. I mean, how many times have you said something in conversation like you mentioned to your significant other hmm honey do you want pizza for dinner and then all of a sudden you're scrolling through instagram or scrolling through facebook and a bunch of pizza ads pop up right or ads for a movie that you just mentioned amazon suddenly suggesting to you to watch this movie that you just mentioned in conversation i mean uh, this these algorithms and all these apps they they're connected through these data streams uh, so that's it on this article. Now moving on into Google and DARPA. So we got a basic understanding of AI and at least one way they're using it. I think there's numerous ways they're using AI also via botnets on these big tech platforms to uh, manipulate people's thinking. We'll get to that. But let's talk about Google referencing this 2017 article from uh this outlet here, Google's true origin partly lies in CIA and NSA research grants for mass surveillance. The intelligence community in Silicon Valley have a long history. Two decades ago, the U.S. intelligence community worked closely with Silicon Valley in an effort to track citizens in cyberspace. And Google is the heart, at the heart of that origin story. Some of the research that led to Google's ambitious creation was funded and coordinated by a research group established by the intelligence community to find ways to track individual and groups online. The story of the deliberate creation of the modern mass surveillance state includes elements of Google's surprising and largely unknown origin. It's somewhat a different creation story than the one the public has heard and explains what Google co-founders Sergey Brin and Larry Page set out to build and why. Isn't that interesting, right? Isn't that interesting that we are sold this idea that these tech platforms like Amazon, Facebook, Google, etc. Ah, uh, yes, they were just built out of their garage by these tech geniuses. These tech geniuses were living in their parents' basement or their garage, and they magically built these tech platforms from scratch. They're incredible entrepreneurs. They did it all on, the, all on their own. We need to look up to these people like Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and Larry Page, Sergey Brin, who else, right? I highly disagree with those conclusions. I think that most, if not all, of these big tech platforms had a hell of a lot of funding by either the intelligence community or very large investment firms, capital partners, and they got a lot of help, a lot of help that the uh, they, they don't want out there in the public narrative, so they keep it, keep it a secret. 
So the intelligence community in Silicon Valley. In the mid-1990s, the intelligence community in America began to realize that they had an opportunity. The supercomputing community was just beginning to migrate from university settings into the private sector, led by investments from a place that would become to known as Silicon Valley. Going down here, intelligence gathering may have been their world, but the CIA and the NSA had come to realize that their future was likely to be profoundly shaped outside the government. This was at a time when military and intelligence budgets within the Clinton administration were in jeopardy, and the private sector had vast resources at their disposal. This is in the mid-1990s. Uh, if the intelligence community wanted to conduct mass surveillance for national security purposes, it would require cooperation between the government and the emerging supercomputing companies, the private sector. And I don't think the only reason was budgets. I think the main reason that wasn't exactly admitted here for whatever reason, I think the main reason was because uh, the private sector offered far less scrutiny because within the government, uh, there's more regulation, there's more scrutiny, there's FOIA requests, there's all sorts of people looking at the government. But if the CIA wanted a backdoor way of mass surveillance that, say, Congress or other people wouldn't be able to find out, they would task private sector companies to help them out. We'll give you a little bit of funding and you give us shitloads of data that we can mine. So to do this, they began reaching out to the scientists at American universities who were creating this supercomputing revolution. These scientists were developing ways to do it, to do what no single group of human beings sitting at workstations in the NSA and CIA could ever hope to do, gather huge amounts of data and make intelligent sense of it. Uh, rich history of government's science funding. In fact, the internet itself was created because of an intelligence effort, right? It wasn't, wasn't like a decade or two ago, this meme went around that Al Gore was the one that created the internet or something like that. <laughs> sounds, sounds like BS to hide this sort of stuff, right? In the 1970s, the agency responsible for developing emergency, emerging technologies for military intelligence and national security purposes DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, that is the uh, Department of Defense, the military's like advanced advanced research group, uh, linked the, DARPA linked four supercomputers to handle massive data transfers. It handed the operations off to the National Science Foundation a decade or so later, which proliferated the network across thousands of universities and eventually the public thus creating the architecture and scaffolding of the World Wide Web. So the internet, as we know it today, you can basically thank DARPA and uh, then uh, the National Science Foundation, which the National Science Foundation has a lot of connections to the CIA and obviously DARPA here and all that. So you can thank the military industrial complex for the internet, uh, which presumably they originally created as a mass surveillance and data gathering system, but... As poetic as it is, we are now using the internet to expose the military-industrial complex. So, you know, it's kind of the poetic nature of how things usually are. Uh, so let's get into now the MDDS, the Massive Digital Data Systems Project. 
the MDDS project was introduced to several dozen leading computer scientists at major universities like Stanford, MIT, Harvard, etc., and others in a white paper that described what the CIA, NSA, DARPA, and other agencies hoped to achieve. The research would largely be funded and managed by unclassified science agencies like the National Science Foundation, which would allow the architecture to be scaled up in the private sector if it managed to achieve what the Intel community wanted. So there was a 1993 MDDS white paper that essentially outlined this, uh, this project, the MDDS project. Over the next few years, the program's stated aim was to provide more than a dozen grants of millions of dollars each to advance this research concept. All the grants went through the National Science Foundation and uh, successful efforts could be captured as intellectual property and form the basis of companies attracting investments from Silicon Valley. This type of public-to-private innovation system helped launch powerful science and tech companies like Symantec, Netscape, Qualcomm, and others, and funded the pivotal research in areas like Doppler radar and fiber optics, which are central to companies like Verizon and AT&T. The CIA and NSA's end goal, well, their end goal was bunch of mass surveillance. Uh, so in 1995, one of the first and most promising MDDS grants went to a computer science research team at Stanford with a decade-long history of working with DARPA. And lo and behold, Sergey Brin and Larry Page were on that team. And then it was just a few years later that they began Google. So thanks, CIA and NSA for helping to essentially create Google by funding Sergey Brin and Larry Page. So look at that. Okay, so that's about as much as that article I wanted to go through. So we have an idea, talked a little bit about AI. We discussed how companies like Google were essentially funded in large part by DARPA and the CIA. Let's peruse some Q drops here, typing in DARPA and Facebook, seeing what we can find. There's one drop I wanted to highlight in particular. This one's from 2019, talking about Facebook. Many of you might be familiar with this, maybe some of you not, but Facebook is another creation of DARPA. So LifeLog was a project, the LifeLog project was created by DARPA in the early 2000s. And LifeLog, LifeLog's goal was essentially that, to create a program or a system that could log people's lives from what they say to their photos, to even their location data, their movements, their spending habits, all sorts of stuff. LifeLog was ended on February 4th, 2004. The exact same day, February 4th, 2004, Facebook was incorporated. Facebook began. So LifeLog DARPA ends. Facebook begins. LifeLog DARPA team transfer over to Facebook. Which DARPA team members, past or present, work for Facebook? What divisions? Q is saying three of them are public. Six of them are non-public. There's nine people that worked for this LifeLog project for DARPA that went over to work for Facebook. And where did they go work at? 
Well, it looks like most of them went to work at a little place called Building 8. Building 8 to Facebook is what like Skunk Works is to Lockheed. Their their secret program, their secret warehouse where all their super black projects are developed. It's essentially what Building 8 is. Um and then looky here. What's funny is that the first time Q referenced Building 8 was early in 2018. And then at the end of 2018, Facebook came out and said they're going to restructure Building 8, separate projects and, and all that stuff. So wonder why. And then Q is linking uh, Building 8 to China as well. Uh, and some real good questions here. There's laws that prevent the CIA from operating inside America, but that's where the private sector comes into play. So the CIA uses backdoor companies like Facebook, Google, Twitter to collect the data they need, bulk data collection of America. Facebook, Google, Twitter, tracking user GPS, voice, and text data all for marketing purposes is publicly disclosed or is there more to it? So that's one of the drops. Let's look at some more DARPA drops. Let's see here. Twitter geolocation data. You're under constant tracking and surveillance. DARPA, DARPA, DARPA. How might DARPA, a.k.a. Google, play a role in the, in the spy campaign against the president? Funny, being given that the Russia collusion hoax is back in the news. There's the drop we just covered. Oh, I got to change my tab there. All right, so there's a lot about DARPA. Um, let's go to the chat here for a minute. Got some questions coming in. Somebody asked about Justin. Maybe you showed up to the. Maybe you showed up to the uh, show a little late here, but Justin's doing good. He's doing better. He should be back next week, so it'll be Justin and I next week. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he's been in the hospital for like a week or two, I think. About a week. Chat says you wish that your suburban college educated liberal friend would give this a listen. Sadly, she knows better than you and she doesn't trust your sources. Well, what are her sources? CNN, NBC? Hmm. Chat says can't help thinking Q is AI augmented somehow. Seems above genius level. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Q. The Q team was using AI programs somehow, but I do not think that the poster of the Q drops was AI. There's a narrative out there that seems to be that uh, I've heard from Q detractors. They say Q is AI. It's an AI program. All the posts were made with AI. Q is AI. No, I think the, the people doing the posting and the core Q team was human, was a team of humans but they are likely using data tools for tracking what was going on on the interwebs or you know surveilling the bad guys or what have you 
pattern recognition. They were probably using uh, programs that had AI involved in it. All right, guys, we're about midway through the show. We're going to do a uh, quick ad break here, and then we'll get back into discussing a little bit more on DARPA and then looking at the World Economic Forum and what they want to do on AI. Life is unpredictable, and the next medical crisis could be just around the corner. The wellness company knows that being prepared doesn't have to break the bank. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is your all-in-one solution featuring essential medications like ivermectin, emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and more. The kit comes with a guidebook to ensure you use them effectively and a case to bring them with you anywhere you might travel. Be ready to protect your family without breaking the bank. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC and use promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 10% discount. Quality, affordability, and peace of mind. That's the wellness company's promise. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC promo code BADLANDS. Have you had enough of big pharma and big toxic ingredients? Ditch the harsh chemicals and embrace nature with us. For too long, we have been hypnotized by big companies into using their chemical slop products. Their clever marketing campaigns and heavy lobbying allowed them to use words like natural to describe products that are anything but. Meet the Van Man Company, where they're all about natural organic remedies. Hop in the van and try out their famous tallow and honey balm as a daily face and full body moisturizer. Use their miracle tooth powder made from ground eggshell and ground cattle bone to remineralize and naturally whiten your teeth. And also try their new coconut magnesium deodorant to keep you smelling fresh all day. They got you covered and they do it all with products sourced naturally from American farms and made in San Diego, California. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash vanman today and get free shipping on all orders over $40. I like the Van Man Company. They're really cool. They're funny. I follow them on Instagram. Hilarious guy. All righty. Let's dive into DARPA. So here are a few recent, more modern programs from DARPA. This is listed directly on their website so you can get an idea of their agenda. This one is called Influence Campaign Awareness and Sense-Making. Think of that title there, Influence Campaign Awareness. The U.S. is engaged with its adversaries in an asymmetric, continual war of weaponized influence narratives. Adversaries exploit misinformation and true information delivered via influence messaging, blogs, tweets, and other online multimedia content. Analysts require effective tools for continual sense-making of the vast, noisy, adaptive information environment to identify adversary influence campaigns. Today, geopolitical influence campaign detection and sense-making is largely man manual and ad hoc, meaning they're just having humans do it. Analysts use social listening tools to formulate complex keyword queries, track trending keywords, hashtags, and topics, and read hundreds to thousands of documents to identify influence themes. New or low and slow campaigns are hard to detect early as their message volume may be beneath platform trending thresholds 
and pertinent hashtags may be unknown. With current tools, it is difficult to connect messages over time and across multiple platforms to track evolving campaigns and to assess confidence in analytic conclusions in a rigorous manner. Confidence assessment by analysts is ad hoc, manual, subjective, qualitative, and susceptible to analyst cognitive biases. Analyst reports often cover static time ranges and static reports quickly become stale. With current tools, analysts must manually sift through a high volume of messages to find those with relevant influence agendas, then gauge which ones are gaining traction with whom. Analysts track population response using digital marketing tools, et cetera, et cetera. The Influence Campaign Awareness and Sensemaking Program will develop techniques and tools that enable analysts to detect, characterize, and track geopolitical influence campaigns with quantified confidence. Now, when we're reading these, sure, on one hand, at least the official narrative, what we're being told they're for is to combat China and Iran and foreign terror cells and things like that. But these programs could easily be used against the American people. You have to read through the lines here and imagine how military-industrial complex globalist clowns are going to use their tools and programs for influencing and social manipulation against the American public, which, as we'll get to in a moment, they are doing and have done for a few years now. Here's another one. Modeling Influence Pathways, MIP. This one is using AI. Influence pathways are the dynamic means by which coordinated influence messaging flows across online and traditional broadcast offline media platforms and communities. For example, in the 1980s, disinformation that AIDS was a U.S. bioweapon spread from less reputable newspapers to more reputable ones as interest in the story grew. <laughs> was it was it not though was it not though let's ask fauci fauci what do you have to say about that similar narratives emerged and propagated at a much larger scale and speed during the ebola and covid pandemics respectively over newspapers broadcasts, and social media false narratives re-emerged in early 2022 with a variety of actors foreign states and, and fringe groups propagating the false information across a number of online and offline platforms and communities Understanding the pathways by which different types of information propagate across the information ecosystem is important. The Modeling Influence Pathways project explores artificial and technologies, artificial intelligence technologies for the following. Connecting various identified influence messaging flows across platforms, learning mapping and modeling which pathways are used by what types of information, and discovering patterns that characterize these pathways. So essentially what they're trying to do is use AI to map accounts and how all these accounts speak to each other and the similar narratives that these accounts uh, promote. And then they could sift through that information and see how, you know, see which ones they want to ban, see which ones they want to deamplify or shadow ban, see how they're connected. And which ones need to bit get ticked off? Uh, here's our last one. Social media in strategic communication. This one looks like it's a little bit older. It's an archived one. So we won't go through that one too deep. But 
Here's a quick blurb. Through the program, DARPA seeks to develop tools to help identify misinformation or deception campaigns and counter them with truthful information, reducing adversaries' ability to manipulate events. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. So let's take a look at how they're already using this. This was right before the 2020 election. Democrats deploying DARPA-funded AI-driven information warfare tool to target pro-Trump accounts. An anti-Trump Trump Democrat-aligned political action committee advised by retired Army General Stanley McChrystal is planning to deploy an information warfare tool that reportedly received initial funding from DARPA. Transforming technology originally envisioned as a way to fight ISIS propaganda into a campaign platform to benefit Joe Biden. This was co called Defeat Disinfo. Defeat Disinfo. This initiative will ut utilize artificial intelligence and network analysis to map discussion of the president's claims on social media and then attempt to intervene by identifying the most popular counter narratives and boosting them through a network of more than 3.5 million influencers across the country. In some cases, paying users with large followings to take sides against the president. No shit. This is absolutely happening. And let us then extrapolate, not only are, I mean, 3.5 million influencers... Also, AI is being used to create botnets and fake accounts and amplify messages via fake accounts. I mean, how many posts have you seen on Twitter that have 50,000 likes and it's some anti-Trump post? No, it's probably not 50,000 actual humans liking that post. 45,000 of them are likely bots. So not only is AI being used to survey and track and map, but also amplify certain counter-narratives, anti-Trump ones, but even at a deeper level, how is AI being used to target the truth community? Is that fake amplification also being used to amplify fake MAGA people? Some of the ones who are pro-Trump, but trying to expose General Flynn, or some of the... Um, Q clickbait accounts. Some of the ones promoting the flat earth crap and the Nazara Jazara quantum financial system garbage or clones or Gitmo or tribunal talk, right? All that sort of stuff. I would venture to guess there's most definitely information warfare tools being used to artificially inflate conspiracy clickbait. So not only is left-wing propaganda being amplified by artificial intelligence, but you could call that right-wing propaganda or conspiracy propaganda being used uh, or having AI used to amplify it as well. So there are multiple theaters of multiple theaters of war, multiple theaters of battle in this information war, I want to say. AI just makes things harder, chat says. Indeed, indeed it does. But there's also ways to make it easier. 
Uh, here's a 2014 article that I found in my research. So it's 10 years old, but the military has been using uh, DARPA-funded research to influence Twitter users for a long, long time. Over the past about four years, it's gone into overdrive, though. Which at first, I think they were simply using social media for mass surveillance and possibly a little bit of social engineering. But over the past four years, they've really scaled up their AI and they're going uh, going into overdrive with it now. So for our last article here, and then we'll get into some chat for a few minutes. The World Economic Forum, the Weffers, the Mother Weffers. Is AI the only antidote to disinformation? So the mother weffers telling you the AI is the only antidote to disinformation. What do they have to say here? AI-based programs are being used to create deep fakes that can be used to sow seeds of discord in society and create chaos in the markets. Algorithms will soon produce content that is indistinguishable from that produced by humans, human intervention is required to enhance AI detection of disinformation. So here's one thing. I think they're taking a multi-narrative approach to artificial intelligence. So I want to bring up an article real quick. Let me grab it. This is a narrative I've seen going around the mainstream media over the past day. This article came out just yesterday on CNN, for instance. AI could disrupt the election. Congress is running out of time to respond. And this is this is a narrative all over every every mainstream media outlet right now. AI is big bad boogeyman. So that leads me to believe that if the election doesn't go their way, they're setting up uh, a card in their sleeve that they might try and pull and blame it on AI. Let's blame the election result on AI. AI manipulated it. So we need to not certify the election, right? So not only are they trying to make AI into the boogeyman, but they're also trying to make AI into the savior. Like I said, a multi-narrative approach. So AI bad... Trump won the election. It's AI's fault. AI bad. But also, we need AI. It's the only antidote to disinformation. We need AI detection of disinfo. For democracy and stability of our society and whatever crap the World Economic Forum is going to be uh, saying. They're blaming Russia, of course. Russia is Facebook's top source of disinformation. Blame Russia. Not all the humans waking up and sharing the truth. It's Russia's fault. So, yada, yada. I don't feel like reading anything from the World Economic Forum right now, but that's those are their narratives. Those are their AI narratives that they are trying to roll out right now. Election denial. Whee! All right, guys. So, we'll go, uh, we'll chat for a few minutes. And then we'll finish this show up a couple minutes early. But what do you guys think? Let me know in the chat. Artificial intelligence. Now, 
I don't think artificial intelligence is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tool. The way I see AI, it's simply a tool and it's a tool you can use for better, for, for good or bad. And it all depends on who is the one programming and utilizing that tool. So most definitely there are evil bastards out there that are using AI to try to bring out their agenda faster and more efficiently. But you can also use AI for helpful things. I know people using AI to scale their businesses and be more productive with things, and they're using it fantastically. Uh, it's really helping them, but you just really have to be careful with the tool. It's a very volatile one. And the problem is that we got some real evil clowns out there working to... Uh, we're going to use AI. Some weird sickos. Chat says AI bots have been around for years in the chat rooms. Yeah, right? And I'm sure they're all over. Well, of course, they're all over Telegram. They're horrible on Telegram, posting all the ads and scam channels and all that. But uh, no, it all depends on how you're using it. I mean, I've played around with some of those AI image generators and they're quite helpful if you want to make some promotional content that won't get flagged for uh, copyright. Those AI photos aren't going to get flagged for copyright. But of course, if you're using AI to create a fake image and then promote that image around as being real on social media, Right. AI is simply a tool. Can be a good one, can be a bad one. And then this gets into the conversation of, uh, you know, we've been talking about mass surveillance and data collection quite a bit throughout this show. How could that tie into the social credit system? Rolling out a central bank digital currency or some sort of social credit system based on whether it's a central bank digital currency or based on carbon credits or based on a vaccine passport, then you're talking AI being utilized to scan all your messages, phone calls, posts on the internet, flag your wrong think, then you get warnings on your CBDC account or your social credit account, that, that is the dystopian, full-spectrum dominance future that these mother weffers most definitely want. And we already see the, the initial stages of it being implemented in China. And all the poor Chinese people over there have to deal with it. So that is undoubtedly the future that they are trying to roll out in Western society. based on whether it's climate change or vaccine certificates or what have you. They want some sort of open, overt, mass surveillance system, tracking system, where all your purchases are tracked. They can shut off your purchases at will. If you said the wrong thing on the internet or over the phone, 
a central bank digital currency. Recent news on that. Let's see. Got a couple here. Oh, of course, from the International Monetary Fund. Central bank digital currency development enters the next phase. This article was about two months ago. Central bank digital currencies can improve payment systems as well as financial inclusion. Oh, God, they said the I word. Financial inclusion. Many countries are exploring CBDCs. The IMF managing director says it would be useful for countries to continue exploring central bank digital currencies. Blah, 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 blah. What do we got over here? Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell briefs lawmakers on U.S. central bank digital currency progress. Jerome Powell said if we're going to have a CBDC, Congress needs to authorize it. So it looks like they're trying to push it, but it's still a little ways away. A little bit of good news there. Will never happen. Nope. No central bank digital currency. For sure. And I'm also seeing this weird push on uh, in the conspiracy community, the truth community for XRP, which is a cryptocurrency coin. Um, it, it seems to me like they're trying to manipulate people into thinking XRP is a good thing and the future. But I think that's a subtle psyop technique to uh, help roll out the central bank digital currency. Because the issue is that, uh, looky here, XRP or Ripple is partnered with the World Economic Forum. It's the WEF coin. So it's like there's a, there's some Fed shills pushing XRP real hard in the uh, truth community space. Because they know the truthers are going to be anti-central bank digital currency, so they have to brainwash them with something else, get them supporting what they think is a freedom coin, XRP, yay, but when in reality... Chat says XRP is like printing money, no end in sight. Yeah, it's a big problem with a lot of these uh, alternative crypto coins, these shit coins, is that 
There's no cap on them. And they also have a central group overseeing them as well. They're centralized coins. So... Chat says, guess we go back to basics. Basics like gardening. <laughs> and barter and trade. I'm all for that. Barter and trade. What's your AI going to do if a big uh, solar flare pops off and fries your computer chip? Yeah, right. If you eat too much meat, use gas, too big of a carbon footprint, they can stop your money. They'll attempt to, that's for sure. That's why cash is king. And stocking up on actual goods, ammo, coffee, and gardening seeds. All right, friends, I think that about does it for tonight's show. I appreciate you guys for watching if you've been here. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up. Uh, did my best to hold it together alone here, but like I said, Justin should be, he is feeling better. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be back next week. So uh, if you do follow him on social media, go give him some words of encouragement on Twitter or Telegram. Um, so pray for Justin. Glad he's doing better though. Appreciate all you guys for being here and, uh, you know, time for time for the outro. See you guys next week. Same time, same place. Knowledge based here. Badlands media Thursday evenings. Now we got one more quick shout out and then I will see you guys next week. In today's fast-paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Prepare for life's uncertainties. It's about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to Badlands Media Shop. We've partnered with Patriot Companies, offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your home. The Badlands Shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles. Prepare your family for the year ahead with products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we've got you covered. Visit the Badlands Media shop at badlandsmedia.tv forward slash shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business as well as Badlands Media. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash shop. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.